Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 4 goes like this. You find it on the screen, or you can follow along in the YouVersion Bible app. If you click Events and then Hope Community Church, you'll find all the notes, all the scripture references, and you can follow along that way. Or if you have a paper Bible, come on, I know somebody's got a paper Bible in here. Uh, follow along that way. Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. It goes like this. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father, who sees in secret, man, thank you, God, who sees in secret will reward you. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word today. Thank you for the calling that you have on us to leave a mark. Teach us, O oh God, how to do that this morning. Humble us. God, let your word accomplish what it was designed to accomplish this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. You may be seated. A little bit of backstory before we get started on the message. It, these four verses in Matthew 6 are part of a larger teaching that is widely known as the Sermon on the Mount. It's a huge sermon that takes up multiple chapters in the Bible, and scholars believe that this message would have been several days long of preaching. You might want to tell your neighbor this morning, it's okay, we're not going to go several days. But uh, Jesus was instructing his disciples in and, and all of Matthew, how to live a righteous life. He would say things like, you have heard it said, thou shalt not murder. And he would say, well, I say to you, even if you think about murdering somebody, you've already committed murder in your heart. Even if you hate somebody, you've already committed murder in your heart. And he, would, he, would, he is raising the bar for righteous living and righteous. He said, do good to those who persecute you. Uh, pray for those. Uh, turn the other cheek. Give to the needy. He, he is uh, teaching and preparing his disciples to leave a mark in their culture. And he is um, instructing them on how to live righteously. And he is raising the bar very high. How many know that, that, that the bar on, Christ, uh, on a believer's life is very high? It's very high. The things that we are asked to do are uncommon, and it is a high expectation. We're supposed to love people. Yikes. That's easier said than done. The Bible goes into the description of love as it's long-suffering. It is patient. It is kind. It keeps no records of wrong. It, it, has no, uh, it, it holds no wrongs against others, and we're supposed to forgive those that mistreat us. And all over the New Testament, there's this expectation for a believer to live in such a way. And it can be very difficult. And Jesus is training his disciples and raising the bar high. And um, 
as he gets to chapter 6, he starts to touch on, we read today, the motivations behind living a Christian life. And that he actually says, if, you're, if the motivations are wrong for living a Christian life, that your father will, will, will um, not reward you. That, that if, you're, if your motivations are wrong, that there is no eternal reward. So uh, he's training his disciples. This is a big sermon. Could have been multiple days. And there were large crowds following Jesus. And they were astonished at his authority. The people that were following him were astonished. And he's training them for one day when he gives his life on the cross, ascends into heaven, and empowers them through the Holy Spirit to leave a mark in this world. This is a neat sermon series, Leave a Mark. Pastor Chris did such a a wonderful job last week convincing us that we have to wake up with the confidence every day that God can use my life to make a mark. My prayer for everyone in here today is that you can have that confidence that when you wake up or when you go to bed, you can go to bed with the confidence that God is using me. God is pleased with me. God will leave a mark with my life. And so this is a continuation on that confidence. I think that the culture today is similar to the culture Jesus had back then. And he's warning them and he said, beware You guys can put that scripture up, verse 1. Beware of practicing your righteousness in front of men in order to be seen by them. For for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. There was, I believe, back then a clamoring for the stage, a clamoring for popularity, a clamoring to make noise, Um, As a matter of fact, Jesus' disciples tried on multiple occasions to get Jesus to get a little loud. If you guys are familiar with the story, they would ask him, when are you going to come into your kingdom? Basically, in their words, when are you going to overthrow this Roman rule and turn upside down this religious system? And when are you going to get loud and make a bunch of noise? And... um, Jesus never, never did that. And the culture was similar to the culture today that he who is, is the loudest wins. Can anybody agree with that this morning? That our culture is clamoring to be the loudest. That if this side over here is louder than this side over here, then this side over here is right. And that this side over here is popular. And, and it seems to be that the culture hasn't changed much from 2,000 years ago to today. And there's, there's, a, there's a clamoring to be famous. Hey, TikTok famous. Uh, to be YouTube famous. For, to, to blow up. For, for things to just go viral. And for you to make a mark. And we, we think we're duped into believing that if we're not loud, we can't make a mark. And that confuses me. Because in the outline this morning, 
Jesus, the Bible says, went to the slaughter as a lamb silently before the cross. And he went without a fight, without making a ruckus, without noise. He seemed to do it quietly. And so the question becomes today, how do we live? How do we make a mark in a culture that makes a lot of noise? How do we make a mark in a culture that makes a lot of noise? This was in the notes. If you're going to leave a mark, it's going to, if God's going to use your life to make a mark, it's going to be a whole lot bigger than a video you make going viral for one day. (laughs) It is. So the first thing I want to communicate today about making a mark in this culture is that motives matter to God. Your motives matter. My motives matter. We all have motivation for doing what we do. When's the last time you woke up in the morning and just asked yourself, why do I do the things that I do? Why do I look the way I look? Why do I act the way I act? Why do I behave the way I behave? Why do I treat people the way I treat people? Why do I, why do I do, I'm, see, I'm 34 years old. Which means to the younger people in here, I'm way too old to ever be cool again. And to some of the more seasoned people in the room, I'm way too young to even know what life is about yet. 34 is a weird spot. But I'm learning even here that, uh, that there, uh, there, there's this angst that maybe if I'm not loud and I'm not heard, I can't leave a mark. And um, that's what I love about this passage today. Motives matter that I have to check my motivation. He says, if you're doing it for man, you will receive your reward in full when man rewards you. And then if you're doing it for for the father, he who sees what's done in secret will, will reward you. And so it seems like right from the very beginning of the message today, we have to decide between two reward systems. We have to decide what system of rewarding that we're okay with today. And I found out that I'm pretty cool with man's rewards. Anybody else? I tend to maybe be a people pleaser. I said it. You know, at 34 years old, I'm starting to realize that man, some of the things I do is purely motivated to get a response out of somebody else. <laughs> oh, Lord, help me. And I can even, I can even um, be motivated to do something for somebody else, do it for a long period of time, and then it go unnoticed. And, and then all of a sudden, like, resent and dislike and be, like, amped up, like, ready to go, like, you haven't seen what I've done today. And, how many, how many know that that's a, I'm choosing a reward system that's ineffective? I'm choosing man's rewards. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, I'm okay with what little you can offer me, and that's why I'm going to do everything that I do. Instead of saying, God, today I want to put a smile on your face, and I don't care who sees it. I don't care what kind of rewards come from it. And as long as today, God, I am putting a smile on your face, then that's all that matters. 
So I have to choose right away what reward system I'm okay with, what reward system is, is going to be most beneficial for me. And I, I kind of think it's God's. So choosing between, between two reward systems, your motivation for doing what you do has to be right if you're going to leave a mark. I'm, I'm learning to adopt the mentality. If I'm doing it for God, I don't care who sees it. It does not have to be noticed. It does not have to go viral. It does not have to be immediately well received. If I'm doing it for God, that's all that matters. Come on, if, if, if you can wake up every single day and just, if I'm doing it to put a smile on his face, that's all that matters. Then, then I believe that's the very first thing and God being able to use your life. I think God can look at that mentality and, and, and use that in a, in a powerful way. So I found out that I'm less frustrated with people in my life when I'm not doing it for them. And I'm okay with maybe seasons of things going unnoticed. I'm okay with maybe a, a week of not hearing, oh, honey, thank you. Because uh, it's something I wrestle with. I really, really, really want the things that I do to be noticed. I was talking to my dad a little bit earlier this week, yesterday, preparing for this message. And I said, Dad, you ever, like, at work or in life, do things for people and then realize that there's not really being noticed and then get really frustrated <laughs> about, like, what? why am I doing this anyway? Like, and he said something kind of funny, made me laugh. He said, he said, I could tell you a lot about that. <laughs> he said, come here and let me teach you something. Um, I think it's something that per certain personalities wrestle with more than others. But I do believe that everybody in here today um, has man's motivations and God's motivations. Whether your motivation is to please people or not to please people, I do believe that we all have uh, human motivations and then godly motivations. You might be motivated in a way different way than I am. But your motivations can get you in trouble if they're not godly. Amen? Human praise can be very addicting, but it's a temporary fix. All of our actions have motivations. It's like I, like I asked you earlier, why do you do the things that you do? What motivates you? Some of you are motivated because something is right versus something is wrong. I'm motivated because I like to, like to help people and like to please people. Some of you are motivated because it, it improves your image. And, and you do the things you do because it, 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 it crafts this perfect. And some of you do things like you do them because uh, you, you're, it makes you special, it makes you feel special, like you're unique. And then some of you need to do things to be competent. And then some of you need to do things to be safe and have others need to have, forget safety. It's all about having fun. And um, I, re I realize now in this stage of my life, all of us are motivated by human things. And we have to lay them down and be motivated by kingdom things. Amen? And that's the very first step in leaving a mark. When I'm more focused on pleasing people than God, I'll always leave less of a mark than what he intended me to leave. Think about it. Right now in this season of your life, God intends for you to leave a specific mark if last week you were convinced of that, then this week is, God has a specific mark for you to make. And if, and if your motivations aren't good, 
you'll leave less of a mark. Think about that. Right now, there are things that are important in your life that need to happen. You need to make them happen. And if the motivations for doing them are just a little bit sideways, God is is clear in the scripture. Jesus said, you've got your reward in full. The praise of man will be your reward. He wants to leave a mark with your life, but he can't do that if you're addicted to the praise of man. Put up the scripture, John 12, 42 and 43. Nevertheless, many even of the authorities believed in him, but for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it, so they would not be put out of the synagogue. 43, they loved the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. Even as Jesus was walking the earth, there were, there were people who believed in him, but because of their fear of what man thought, they, they loved the glory that came from man for fear of losing their status in the religious circle. They let the Messiah pass them by. And that's not good. None of us want to be in a, in a season of life or a circumstance in life where we're so focused on what, uh, the glory from man that we just let the Messiah pass us by. When the Messiah is the only person that can empower us to leave a mark. So, the very first thing is getting your motivation right. Waking up every day with the motivation, God is for you. Amen. Can you, can you get behind this one? God, it's for you. As long as you are happy with me, I am happy with me. As long as you are pleased with me, God, it doesn't matter who is or who is not pleased with me. It doesn't matter who notices me. God, if it's for you, that's all that matters. feel like I'm preaching better than you're amening. <laughs> so the next thing I want to communicate is that if the motivation's right, it eliminates a contradiction. You might be thinking, what, what contradiction? Well, this must have been very contradicting to the people he was preaching to, the people that Jesus was preaching to in chapter 6. Because in chapter 5, guys put up the scripture, he says the exact opposite. In chapter 5, he says... You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all of the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. Say what? So that they may see your good works. What? But here's where it separates the motivation. Ready? And give glory to your Father who is in heaven. If the motivation is right, it eliminates the contradiction because on one hand, we in chapter 6, Jesus is saying, be careful to do your works before man, to be seen. And in chapter 5, he says, you are the light of the world. When they see your works, they will give glory to me in heaven. The motivation is beware to have, beware if your motivation and your reward is coming from man versus if your reward and motivation is coming from God. I say, if the, I say the first service, if the motivation is right, let the TikTok go viral. If the motivation is right, let the YouTube channel blow up. Let the blog take off. If the motivation lines up, then God said, you are the light of the world. It is not about not being seen. It is about not being seen in order to be noticed. That's different, right? That's different. The warning is not to, to be like secret agent Christian with <laughs> like undercover 
acts of service. And, you know, like you just hurry in and do things and hurry out and nobody ever sees you. That's not the point. If, if, if that's your motivation, that's weird. No, God is saying you don't light a lamp and put it under a bucket. No, you are a light on a hill when you go in and do things before men and they give your father in heaven glory. Then that is making a mark. That is what I'm talking about. And uh, that's, that's where it's at. Let the thing go viral. So if the motivation's right, it eliminates that con- contradiction. And then it gives us permission to get good at being quiet. In a culture that was trying to make as much noise as humanly possible, and the misconception that I have to make noise to make a difference, and I have to go in and stir things up and be the loudest, and, and I have to be like the best this and that misconception that it keeps us from just being okay with living quietly. God can do a lot with a quiet life. A person who wakes up and does the right things for the right reason every day. Man, that's good stuff. In verse 2, he, he, he continues, he says, Thus when you give. So it's not a question of if you give or if you're righteous. It's, it's when. When you give to the needy, sound no trumpet. I almost, almost changed the title of the message to sound no trumpet. I just like the way that sounds. Maybe it's because I'm a musician or something. I don't know. But like, you're letting go of the need to blow your own horn. Letting go of the need to like, you know, to announce to the world what it is that you are doing. And to announce to your family and those around you that you have indeed done well today. It's, we have an attachment and a need for that, don't we? To be noticed, I think it's human nature to, to, to want and to desire and to need to be noticed. But the Lord says, when you do it, sound no trumpet. You know what that tells me? It tells me we need to get good at living quietly. Doing the right things for the right reasons over and over. And, and not caring who sees it. Only caring if it puts a smile on our Father's face. Heavenly Father. I like that it says, when you give. It lets me know personally that the expectation on my life is still just as high. Like, I still want you to do all of the things that are required of you to do, but I I want you to do them quietly. Sound no trumpet, sound no trumpet, sound no trumpet. I I don't think that this is possible today. Leaving a mark, like God wants you to leave a mark. I don't think it's possible today without humility. This is all about humility. And that how, if you're a little bit more like me and you tend to be a people pleaser, usually it's because I wrestle with pride. And when I'm doing the things, you know, for the people, 
and it's not noticed. I, it tends to rub my pride the wrong way, and I end up a little bit anxious about that or a little bit irritated by that. And, um, man, I find that really quick that if, I'm, if I am not doing it for the right reasons, I'm just a grumpy old man. And uh, I'll pick fights a lot easier. Humility is the key. I don't think that you can leave a mark in your life without wrestling your pride to the death. You've got to kill your pride. I have got to kill. This is a life humbly lived before others doing the right thing over and over and over. You have to be okay with if what you're doing goes unnoticed. I have, a, I have a little bit of an insight for you. God is glorified when people don't notice. I mean, the things that you do for your family day in and day out that go unnoticed, God is glorified by that. God is absolutely glorified. He does not, he's not upset that you're not noticed. He's not irritated. He's not limited because you, you're not being noticed. There's freedom in that. Amen? We are living in an era that tells us to blow our own horns. It, it seems like the current formula for leaving a mark is he who makes the most noise wins. Which is kind of irritating if your personality type isn't one that makes noise. I don't know. Is anybody else kind of like me? I'm a little bit shy around the edges. <laughs> a lot of bit shy. Um, even working here, sometimes I, I hear feedback like, I didn't want to talk to him because he had like a don't bother me face. <laughs> and I, it's not that I don't want you to bother me. It's just that I'm shy. <laughs> and... Um, it's weird. It's confession time, I guess. <laughs> I don't like to, by default, make a lot of noise unless I got a six string in my hand. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm not a noisy. I, I like to come in, and do the right thing, and come out and, and just be done and go unnoticed. I kind of like that. I prefer that. The only thing is, is like I wrestle with the pride of doing that and being unnoticed. So it's like a Catch 22. But the culture that I'm growing in, that we all live in, is trying to convince me that if I'm not loud, I can't make a mark. And that's just not true. It's just not true. We need to be absolutely confident in the God who can leave a mark. I said at the very beginning of last service that aren't you thankful for a Jesus that knows how to make a mark? Oh, that when I was 16 years old and I started coming to this church and I heard the gospel preached and it changed my life because Jesus put a mark on me. I'm so thankful that he put a mark on me. I wish we had two people in here that were thankful that he puts marks on us. And, and he, he put a mark in this world when he was born into a manger in Bethlehem. And he put a mark as he was preaching and teaching and and, and, and healing people. And he, and he made a mark when he was crucified on that cross. And he's, 2,000 years later, his ability to make a mark has not changed. He can make a mark still. And he could do it uh, with your life, even if you're quiet like me. 
And, and we have to be confident in that. That has to be something that we believe at our core. And um, I don't know, maybe, maybe you're different. Maybe you like to make a little noise. And um, that's good too, but the motivation has to be right. And if it is, then God can, God can make a mark with your life, amen? The very last thing I want to communicate, um, we have to get good at living a quiet life. The last thing I want to say is never be afraid of not being noticed. Jesus stated that if you're living your life for the praise of man and, and you um, do things and man praises you and it feels good and maybe you get promoted or, or maybe you get a, um, a, a raise or, or maybe, maybe a, a certain, now a certain group of people are seeing you, uh, Jesus makes it absolutely clear that is your reward. Whatever man has given you, if that's why you did it, then that's your reward. I think that there can be an unnecessary anxiety that we live with, with the fear of not being noticed. That, the, that people, including myself, will carry around with us a certain degree of fear and anxiety because we know that we probably won't get noticed like culture um, notices others. And that kind of creates like a discontent and a fear in our lives that we will never be noticed. And I, I'm so thankful for the word of God this morning because uh, Jesus goes on to say in verse three, but when you give to the needy, again, it's when you give, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. And your father who sees in secret. Man, that phrase blesses me. Uh, will reward you. This is a promise from the word of God today that you do not have to be afraid of not being noticed. And that you might be in a season of your life that you are doing things for the right reasons and they are not being noticed. It seems like every Tuesday to me. <laughs> and that's why I told you at the beginning that when I read this outline, it spoke to me because it's God telling me through his word, Adam, I see you in secret. Man, in secret, I see you. So when nobody else is seeing you, I see you. And that's a, that's a promise because not only does it say that he sees us, but he will reward us. And that there's a promise for a reward. I like rewards. <laughs> rewards are good. The Bible says that he is preparing a place for us and preparing things for us. Our reward is, is something that no thief can steal, no, no rust can destroy. No, you know, he, is, he is making a reward for us. Um, that is well worth it. And um, the problem is, is we have to be able to wade through um, anonymous seasons in our life. Do you know what I mean? That 
God, I think, if he's going to use your life to make a mark, the people, if I'm going off of the people that he chooses in Scripture, God likes to pick people from Scripture who are okay with being quiet for a long time. And that it seems like God is in the business of using people to make marks, but doing it in a very slow way where you're, where you're almost walking through entire decades of an anonymous per- person and you're not being noticed. And, and let me just point out a couple things from a couple examples from scripture. Abraham. I think about Abraham and, and Sarah for a second that God appears to them uh, when they're young and says, through your offspring, I will bless all the people of the earth. Unto you will be born a son and his name shall be Isaac and he will, as many as the stars are in the sky, so shall your offspring be. Did you know that Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was born? His wife, Sarah, was 90. The Bible actually records her laughing at an angel when it says, yeah, you're still going to have a son. (laughs) She was old. (laughs) And... I don't know. He still did it. Moses lived 40 years in the wilderness with his wife's family. Someone say, uh uh. <laughs> lived 40 years in the wilderness with his wife's family before he was ever called to, 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 go, to go to Pharaoh and set. You know the story. He goes to Pharaoh and he says, let my people go. He parts the Red Sea. 40 years of anonymous living where God just had him in the desert, not being noticed. I'm afraid today that some of us will let our anxiety override God's goodness. Here's how. We're anxious about not being heard, not leaving a mark, And so we switch a heavenly reward system for an earthly reward system. And we choose the praise of man over the praise of God. And we're not content with a season, maybe 40 years, of an anonymous desert wandering around, wondering if anybody's ever going to see me. We are unwilling to wade through seasons where we're not being noticed. We let our anxiety... Uh, get away with making a, forcing us to make a bunch of noise for the praise of man. And then God says, that's your reward. And I wonder how many of us miss out on the mark that we were supposed to leave because we're a little bit too anxious and not comfortable enough in a father who sees in secret. His word promises us today that that reward is coming. That he sees you and he will reward you. Think about David. Oh, wait, I got to talk about Moses still. 40 years before he gets called. Did you know that after he's been through Egypt and they let all of the people free and they walk through the parts of the Red Sea and they go into the desert, did you know that he just wanders around for another 40 years in the desert? And I can just hear Pharaoh like five years later checking in on just to see all all the amazing things 
that Israel is doing by God's hand. And he has to hear a report back, you know, five years, you sent the text out. <laughs> Ten years later, you get it back. And um, you get the report, yeah, that the Moses and the entire community of Israel are wandering aimlessly in the desert. What was all that? What was all that? Can you survive a season where you have to wander for a little bit? Because God is able to use your life, even if it feels like that. Anonymous to the world does not mean anonymous to God. Come on, that was where you were supposed to say amen. (laughs) Anonymous to the world doesn't mean anonymous to God. Paul spent near uh, 13 years of his life in obscurity. He has a, Ma- uh, a Damascus Road experience where, where the Bible describes Paul the Apostle being saved in a dramatic way. And the Bible says he goes to the temple of the Lord and something like scales fall from his eyes. And Jesus is saying, you are going to go into the world and you're going to... Ah. And then the Bible doesn't record any activity from Paul. The Bible records um, that Barnabas has to go down to Tarsus to get him. And some scholars believe that that's 13 years later. So young people, listen up. If you're anxious about not having any influence right now, not having the ability to be seen and be heard in, in ways that you feel like you should, and just take a deep breath. God sees me. God sees me in secret. My reward is coming. The question is, is can you wait for it? Can you wait for it? God is not disappointed because we are not getting noticed. Not disappointed. So that's good. The last, very last thing, uh, the band's going to come back up, is, I, I alluded to it before, but if your motivations are right, and you get good at living a quiet life, and you're not afraid of people not noticing you, um, then the very last thing to communicate is that you have to be absolutely confident in God's ability to make a mark with your life. You have to be absolutely confident that God can do through your life what he did with Moses. He can do through your life what he did with um, Paul and, and what he did with David. The Bible says that David was anointed king and then wasn't actually made king for 22 years after that. And it seems like every person in the Bible who God used to make an incredible mark had to go through some type of waiting, some type of season where they were, they were learning how to be comfortable with, you know, I said it earlier, sketchy. How many know life is just, it's just sketchy? And so my encouragement this morning um, is to be absolutely confident who, in a God who is not intimidated by sketchy. God is not intimidated by, by the circumstances that you're in this morning. And that you can be totally confident in God's ability to leave a mark. Amen. I have one more scripture. You guys can stand to your feet. We're getting ready to realign ourselves with Christ again, sing a, singing a song. And... Um, this is, a, this is a 
a psalm from David. And he says this, he says, O Lord, you have searched me and know me. (laughs) You know, when I sit down, you know, when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. David was a man after God's own heart, the Bible says. And he was able to place all of his confidence in the Lord because he knew that God knew him. See, if your motivations are lined up and you're not getting appreciated and and you got all this anxiety about no one's ever gonna notice me, you need to just be confident this morning that God sees you. And not only does he see you, he's gonna reward you. And then David says, he knows you. He knows when you sit down. He knows when you stand up. He knows the motives of your heart. He knows you. He says, he discerns my thoughts from afar. This morning, just be confident in the God that knows you. That if you're doing the right things for the right reasons, he is gonna absolutely leave a mark in your life. You might not ever see it. You might not ever hear about it. But the best thing ever is that he is gonna use you to leave a mark, amen? That he is gonna use your life in a a magical way, an amazing way. That he loves you, he knows you and that he has got a calling on your life that is so significant and it has nothing to do with being loud in this culture. Amen.